thinking about it. Come on. Come on, YouTube. Taking forever today. Come on, I want my beer. No. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hey, there we are. There we are. That only took like 45 seconds. Ugh. <laughs> we are live. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 201. Your once weekly live star. Live. Yeah. <laughs> See, you've only done this 200 times before. I know. Live stop? What the heck was I thinking there? Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 201, your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. We will read all Super Chats on the air so long as they will not demonetize my channel. And we do drink alcohol on the show. And if you're drinking with us, alcoholic or not, let us know in the early goings and we'll give some shout outs as we go along. And last but not least, if you want to take part in the super secret chat and the even more super secret after party, think about heading over to Floatplane or Patreon. Links are both down in the video description. As an exclusive bonus, you can get access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and keep the party going with the awesome community over there. Party! Second time's a charm. There we go. I always feel like a flight attendant, just like, how do I point? Do I point to my left? (laughs) Talk descriptions? Because for me, the descriptions are below, and then I say chat, chat's to my side, but could be down below for somebody. I just feel like an air stewardess, you know? Doing the pre-flight checks. <laughs> yeah. Your comment section is at the back row. Please open your own beer here. before opening your beer for, beer for others. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I, I get that vibe. How's it going, John? Pretty, pretty, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty tired. Uh, exciting news for me. Uh, stuff's going on this week. Um, uh, I, I don't know how long I'm going to be here, actually. Yeah. So, so oh, I, I, I got a new studios in the work within the next, I don't know, six weeks or so. So maybe I'll have a moving blog video one day. You know, if you need a place to store your beer. <laughs> I, I gave you one beer to store a year and a half ago. I still, I still have, have it for the record. <laughs> I still have it. See, I know. I am I am the picture of trustworthiness. Technically, yes. It's still technically stored. <laughs> Uh, I still have it, so I don't know what you're complaining about. Yeah, you're just aging it. <laughs> right? Oh, I had, I, I've had an interesting couple of days. Uh, it, all the stuff that goes on for running a business that's not scripting videos and testing cool projects and messing with servers and editing and whatnot. Uh, there's other things involved in running your own full-time business. And oh, yeah. I spent yesterday doing that. And then today um, I actually did a little bit of contract work this afternoon, uh, headed out and did some network stuff for the first time in a very long time. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, was up, it for a brewery? It was not for a brewery. Um, but uh, yeah, I know. Uh, put some miles on the Z car. That was, that was a lot of fun. Uh Found a new, really good road. Uh, now, unfortunately, it's quite a bit south from me. I uh, found it on a whim. It's like, yeah, we'll turn here and we'll we'll go the back way to, to where I'm going. And holy crap, that was a good road. 
<laughs> there's like this mile and a half straightaway that's flat with nothing but farmland, not even driveways Ooh. on either side. Um, and that kind of comes to the crest of a hill and drops down and it goes down for about a half mile. And then there's this wicked set of S curves right at the bottom of it. Oh, it's like, oh. Yeah. yeah, I, I did a full one, two, three red line pull <laughs> on that road. Uh, it was oh, getting luck. It was it's, a good it, day. Yeah, it's nice too. It's supposed to rain here in the next couple of days too. So yep. got it in at the right time. Yep. Yeah. God, we need it. We need some rain. Yeah, I went and broke the dust loose on the Z car with the top down, probably for one of the last days this year. So yeah, it it was a good time though. Uh, I I pulled up and met a friend of mine uh, who I was doing the work for, and uh, uh, he goes, "Which way did you come in from?" And I I went that road right there, and he goes. And I said, that's a good road. <laughs> that's a really good road. Busted, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, this is why I bought the Z car. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I used to joke about when I was commuting that I, I bought the Z car actually as a commuter car. It was supposed to be a fun two-seater, but more importantly, it was a car that got me better gas mileage than my truck. Um, so my truck got like 16 miles the gallon. The Z car, if I didn't put my foot into it and I just drove it like a commuter, you know, you drive it like a Honda Civic, it yeah. would get 27 miles the gallon. Like it, not a slouch at all. Yeah. Um, and, and it ran great for that. Uh, well, since I work from home, now, hold on. If I put my foot <laughs> into it and if I had fun, you know, through like, I had a really good fun drive every once in a while, I'd get 23, 22, maybe like the worst mileage I ever got was like 21 and a half. Okay. Um, since I now only drive it for fun or only drive when I'm going a good distance to go do some work for someone or whatever else. <laughs> you always drive it for fun. <laughs> I'm getting like 18 and a half now. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Passing everyone. It's so much fun. Uh, God, I love that car. <laughs> You're not even playing your uh, racing simulator anymore. Like, this is real life. Yeah, yeah. Well, end of last summer, I, I put uh, all new tires, all new brakes, uh, all new suspension, uh, new exhaust on it, uh, had it lowered by an inch and a half. Man, it just hugs the road now. It's got fresh rubber. It, it brakes really well. Uh, I didn't go like full ceramic brakes, but I did put on like, a step up from your your standard oh, yeah. brakes that and uh a, the guy before me had put a lot of the nismo replacement parts from the 350z nismo and so i have the roadster which didn't come with the nismo option but i have the nismo the nismo sway bars and and uh body roll stabilizers and and a whole bunch of other stuff all uh, the good stuff yeah cold air exhaust and or cold air intake cold air exhaust that'd be weird <laughs> um yeah so it, my engine's not running hot this is odd yeah so it, it's a fun car it's a really fun car but anyway uh my throat is dry yes and i could use a beer gosh darn it <laughs> i could use a beer <laughs> uh john why don't you get us started all right i am going to be uh pulling in uh some double anchorage today because it is a theme that they have they have a <clears throat> cats versus dogs so this is team cat a, a double dry hopped ipa with galaxy strata and mosteca uh, 6.4 and then the next one will be team dog 
Okay. So I believe it's the same base beer, mm-hmm. uh, different double hop, dry hop. Okay. So. Yeah, that's pretty typical for a lot of Anchorage stuff. They they like to do like, here's our base recipe, and then we'll change it up with the hop and we'll call it 10 different beers. Now, yep. to be fair, they're 10 very different beers when they do that. Um, oh, and, and that base recipe too are usually just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, last night I had a... Uh, I had an Anchorage last night. I'm trying to remember which one it was. This way out, I want to say. Something like that. Yeah, it was a good beer, though. Well, they always... I mean, I don't even recall having a bad beer from them. I even had, like, like a Pilsner or a white wheat from Uh them. And like, this is just odd for, you know, Anchorage to do. And I was like, this actually is pretty good. (laughs) Right. Uh, what do you got? I think I'm going to start. I'm going to start with a pilsner, okay. which is weird for me. I don't drink a lot of pilsners, uh, but I, I saw this one and decided to grab it. So we'll see how it is. Uh, so this is from Breakside up here in Portland. Uh, this is the Unbearable Lightness Summer Pilsner. Mm. So, saw this on the shelf and went, you know what? Into summer, I think that's a that's a good call. So I've never well, had this you, one before. Well, you're uh, you're on a kind of a pilsner streak, haven't you? Had like two decent pilsners recently. I have. Uh, and so, gosh, what was that? What was that one I had like two weeks ago? Was it something hen? Yeah. From that brewery. Hen's hen, chicken hen. <laughs> hen's hen. I don't remember. You because yeah, you were you were uh, bragging about. Yeah, it I, on I, the... I paid like five bucks for a pilsner, and I said I would do that again. Yeah. Like. Like, I would buy that with some IPAs. Now, this four-pack is $14. Ooh. It's a spendy Pilsner. 4.4%, yes, by the way. 4.4%. So, we're not we're not into the ABV, so it better have a good body and flavor. <laughs> That's what I would say. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. All right. What do we got for right. some beer shout-outs here? Uh, I saw Novella Hub is drinking a Trinity Brewhouse Belgian Strawberry Strong Ale. 12.5 beating us both even if we combined ours yeah i think that's higher than both of my pints combined yeah uh <laughs> both my pints combined are at 10.6 <laughs> <laughs> let's see uh i think that actually both of mine are 6.4 so 12.8 yeah so yeah i barely yeah. beat them yeah i've got a 6.2 and a 4.4 four. yeah so we got William is having Folks and Fable Bourbon Barrel Aged Cabernet Sauvignon. Cabernet. Cabernet, sorry. Sorry, right. uh, I, I live in wine country, so. Whatever. Yeah. In fact, that's where I was bombing corners through today. Was, Champagne, was... yeah. Can I interest you uh, in any champagne? Uh, we got Skull is having a Surly Brewing Company uh, Mapping the Multiverse, a hazy IPA. Uh, T. Cause has a new Glarus uh, Moon Man. Nice. Magic Rat is having Bell's Two Hearted Ale, or as Rhett likes to call it, Two Farted. Two Farted, <laughs> Two farted Ale. All right. Uh, so here's that Pilsner. Hey, look at that. Nice, nice and clear. Yeah, super, super clear. Uh, how do I describe that color without getting into like bathroom talk? <laughs> uh light mountain dew yeah um it is almost a green you know what we'll call it a we'll call it a light mountain dew i think it's a 
Diet do. It's a better, yeah, there you go. It's a diet do. It's a, uh, no, this is a uh, mountain lightning. Okay. This is, there the, we go. this is like the safe way. The safe the way. Kroger. Sam's, yeah, yeah, Sam's choice. Rock Mountain or whatever. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> is it worth your well, now was it $14 plus deposit including deposit uh no I think it was almost 15 after deposit Ooh, uh, yeah that 40 cents yeah because it was yeah it was 14.40 and then so plus 40 for 80 so yeah yeah so, so almost 15. 15 bucks ouch um yeah almost four dollars a pint yep. I mean, 375 a pint still okay that's that's not horrible that's that's a typical beer. I mean, three seventy five, although it is four point four percent. If I went to a tap house and I paid three dollars on draft for that, I don't think I would be disappointed. Um, oh, you wouldn't pay three bucks for that. Yeah, that's a that's a five dollar beer. Yeah, that's my problem. Is that's a five dollar yep. beer? At five dollars, four dollars. Oof, that's that's a hard one. Um, yeah. Now I guess, I guess I always if I ever get one of those beers and I know you guys always rag me on it but then I try to think okay hang on let me put it in perspective like okay would it pair well with a food and then if I had it in this scenario yeah it's a good beer but right now currently it's not it doesn't you know is yeah. it a pizza beer is it a you know because a lot of those crisp pilsners go really good with greasy and and you know some spicy foods this is not that crisp really yeah it's it's clingy it's it's thick um i mean there's kind of like there's this lightness when you're done with it but i wouldn't call it crisp this mm. this is not like shandy material or rattler material at all i i would not mix grapefruit soda with this um, trying to stand on its own right yeah just it's not great mm. definitely disappointed for four bucks <laughs> well for four bucks heavy palms is giving you a super chat and is paying you back all right Been forever got a promotion y'all rock roll tide uh, i agree with almost everything you said <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, there, there's your money back. At, at least, least for one of the beers. At least you didn't say War Eagle. I think <laughs> I think War Eagle's an instant ban. But so so Roll Tide, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not an Alabama fan. Tell you what, John. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the beer or into the news. Okay. When we get to the beer talk, remind me. I have a couple of packages back here that I have had since May that Jeez. I haven't opened. They, they're they still... see. I, I received beer mail like four months ago and I feel so <laughs> bad because every every week I look at that and go, oh, right, I need to open that on the show and then I forget. And I've even like set them on my desk before. They've been like right here. <laughs> and, and I went the entire show and I sign off and I went... <laughs> <laughs> Just letting anyone know, if you sent me beer mail, 
I would never do that. I would open it first thing and be like, Jeff, screw the introduction. Check out this beer mail I got. Right, so, right. Send it to me instead of Jeff. Right. So uh, <laughs> the other issue was that my fridges were completely full. Well, I've, I've actually been working my way down. And so. Uh, and then you go and buy a four pack of Pilsners. Right. And then I bought a four pack of Pilsner. <laughs> I was hoping it would be like a good fall beer, but it totally well, is Jeff, not. You can always store your beer with me. Yeah. Now, I will say <laughs> these have been stored here in my office. So the office stays usually around 68 to 70. So like perfect cellaring temperature. They're not going to expire or go bad or anything like that. Unless it's like a whole bunch of like fruited sours or some crap like that. Yeah, if it's like a fruited sour or active yeast, then yeah, it's yeah. going to blow up. Yeah. But No, only your cans do that. <laughs> it was one can that it did was, that in your office. It was multiple oh, cans, Oh, I know. It was, it was, yeah. How because it I happened over it? multiple weeks. <laughs> so so John, uh, we were getting a beer package together for uh, for one of our patrons uh, who had done a bunch of stuff for us. And we're like, you know what? Let's do something nice and, and send him some beer. And uh, so I was collecting the beer to to package up. And so John got me like a couple of anchorages and and then he, he put like four homebrews in there. And uh, I remember sitting in my office. I put Camden tablets in it. And all of a sudden I hear, <laughs> Pung! And I went, what the hell was that? And I, I'm like running out the front of the house thinking like someone just threw a softball at my garage door or like something just hit my house. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm like, I I don't know. Like there's no marks. The, uh, my cars are fine. No alarms went off. The motion light didn't go off. I I don't know. And so I went back upstairs. And then a couple days later, I'm sitting in my office and Hung. And well, that was the, the second one, I think, wasn't it during like Talking Heads or right afterwards? One of them was Steve during were... a show or immediately yeah. before. Something like that. Yeah. yeah and and uh, uh, but yeah. And but it was all like in a in a box ready to be shipped <laughs> out. And so none of it spilled out from the box. But but they had blown their tops off and just kind of like gotten fizzled out just a little fizzled bit, out yeah. and, and a little bit in the bags that I put them in. And so there was no, like, nothing leaking in my office or anything like that. But, yeah, for, like, two weeks, every once in a while, I would hear, Ping, and, like, <laughs> something metal hitting my house. <laughs> that was the weirdest damn sound. <laughs> I swear I put Candom tablets in it. I just guess I didn't do enough. Well, that was, it was also your old house mm -hmm. in, the, in the old studio upstairs, mm -hmm. which didn't have air conditioning. Mm -mm. And it was like 80 degrees up there. Yeah, no, the the last office was awful for... Yeah, I remember I remember sweating up there when we had to do live. Uh, there was one show in particular, last story, and then we'll... I swear we'll get into the news, but it's a, <laughs> it's a slow news week, so we're, we're kind of stretching the intro. Uh, there was one week in particular, one Wednesday in particular, that uh, I would... I shut my... So I had portable air conditioner unit, uh, one of the floor standing ones, and... Uh, I would shut off the AC at night and open the windows and turn on fans because even in the summer, Oregon gets down to like 60, 65, you know, a nice cool breeze blows through. And so uh, at night I would turn off the AC, open the windows, cool off the house that way. And then in the morning before I left for work, I would turn the AC back on. Um, I left for work Wednesday morning and realized I'd forgotten to turn the AC on. And so I texted my wife and said, hey, before you leave, can you turn the AC on? She goes, yeah. Well, she went upstairs and turned the AC on, but somehow either she did or I did, I'm, I'm assuming I did, uh, knocked the, the blower vent out of the wall socket. And so 
it spent the next 12 hours pumping hot exhaust air into my office. Uh, Steve was on that night. I got to my office. It was 98 inside my oh, office. Yeah. Didn't you guys even like bust out a thermometer? Yeah. <laughs> during the show. Yeah. You were like, check how hot it is. <laughs> it was, yeah. The surface temperature of my table was 95 degrees. <laughs> it was yeah. awful. We days. still did the show. Yep. You sit there and think back of 200 episodes like, man, actually, yeah, we've gone through a lot of yeah. stupid stuff. <laughs> yep. Yep. There's been a lot of weird happenings. Anyway, let's go ahead and get into the news, starting with yep. Apple had a day yesterday. I, I, I'm not going to call it Apple Day. I'm not even going to call it an announcement because, well, you have to develop new products for it to be an announcement. So Apple had a Tuesday. Uh, first and foremost, uh, this wasn't announced yesterday because yesterday was ooh rah rah, look at how awesome we are, please give us more money. Uh, yesterday was all about the iPhone 13, the iPhone 13 Pro and the iPhone 13 Pro Max, some of the weirdest damn names in the industry. Um, I'm taking it from Intel. But I digress. Uh, and today, Apple issued an emergency iOS 14 update uh, as a security fix and urge all iPhone owners to immediately upgrade their phones. The reason being is it was disclosed that uh, there is a uh, basically a security hole in Apple's PDF reader inside Safari, uh, which could lead to the execution of arbitrary code which is industry talk for we can like take over your device or install malware or do whatever we want. Uh, so if you have an iPhone, uh, please uh, go update it. Uh, there was yeah. also a, a security patch for watchOS, uh, macOS Big Sur 11.6 and macOS Catalina, all of which suffered the same vulnerability because yeah. all macOS is now share the same base kernel. Yeah, so yeah, it's not just uh, like you said, uh, iPhones, but it's basically any Apple device. It was it's uh, it was a vulnerability with the the iMessage, their messenger, mm -hmm. and so basically anything that has that messenger or uses that is vulnerable. Yeah, and you need to go do this now. Uh, basically, you don't even need to click on the message; they just need to send you. Essentially, this company, uh, just or whoever, if they're going to use this hack. Um, would literally just need to send you a file, mm -hmm. and that is it. Yeah, you don't even have to open it. They just need to send it to you, and then they theoretically could uh, get access to your device. Right. Uh, let's see. We did get a ten dollars super chat from William War Eagle. What do you have against Auburn? I live in Oregon. I was born in Eugene. Uh. <laughs> Duck for life. Duck for life. Uh, not exactly happy about uh, the old 2011 game. And the reason I'm not happy about the 2011 game is as follows. Um, so Oregon played in the Fiesta Bowl three times. Uh, now it's been four, but basically played in that stadium uh, f four times. The first time was against Colorado in the 2001 Fiesta Bowl, in which we should have been in the national title game against Miami, uh, and we 
steamrolled Colorado. Uh, 38-16 or something like that. And we allowed the best rushing attack in the nation 48 yards. Um, right, Oregon can play defense sometimes. Weird. Uh, in that game, Maurice Morris uh, had like the, the back-breaking touchdown run, which was 51 yards. Uh, he gets the ball and just runs off tackle left and runs up the sideline, and it looks like the safety's gonna make a tackle because the safety dives at him right around the 20 yard line or so. Maurice Morris sits down on the safety. A linebacker tries to dive over the top of him. While Maurice Morris is sitting on the safety, the the linebacker completely misses. So Maurice stands back up and walks into the end zone. Like, should have been down. He was like balancing on top of the guy while, and never hit the ground. So he just stood right back up and walked right into the end zone. (laughs) <laughs> that was in the same stadium. Fast forward to, I believe it was the Fiesta Bowl against Kansas State. Um, but basically the same thing happened with, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the running back's name now. Um, Blunt, with LeGarrette Blunt. He did basically the same thing where he laid on top of a guy. And in fact, in this one, his knee like swung across the ground and they have a beautiful slow motion picture of his knee doing this and never touching while he's rolling over the top of a guy. Um, And he stood back up and walked in for a touchdown. Same stadium. Then Oregon goes to face Auburn in the national title game and we lose to that freak play. Like I've only seen that happen like three times in my life. And one of them cost me a national title. And Oregon did the other two to other teams to break their will. So I'm a little salty still. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I'm a big college football fan or anything, but no, he doesn't know anything from like 2000. He can't quote your players from 2011 or 2019, 1998 or 1994. No, uh, fair catch. Michael Fletcher. Jeff has nothing invested into college football here or nothing. Never even held season tickets. Doesn't even enjoy football. Only had season tickets for five years. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Until they until they won their Rose Bowl and then they and then they jacked the price up. Literally year over year, more than doubled the ticket price for my for my season tickets. And I went before I was paying. I think. it was four fifty for a pair. I was sitting up about a third of the way up in the stadium, right near the end zone. Beautiful seats, could see the entire field. Great, great area. And I'm like, you know what? Four hundred fifty dollars per year. Not that bad of an investment for you know six or seven Saturdays where I can go down and hang out with friends and bring family down and that kind of thing. Um, those tickets went from four fifty to twelve hundred, literally like over the course of two years. And I went twelve hundred dollars buys a really nice TV. <laughs> so that's what i did i was like i can i can oh look well that would have been still 1080 you know 4k 2k would have been out it was still 1080 yeah it was still 1080 in fact that's the tv that's in my office right now uh wow. it's an lg 55 inch um first generation hdr uh does like hdr 600 with locals local dimming zone led backlight and that kind of thing uh, 120 hertz, true 120 hertz, 1080p. Um, beautiful display. Like I, I love this screen. Um, but yeah, I, I went $1,200 buys a really nice TV, and I don't oh, have yeah. to drive an hour and a half south. So there you go. 
Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, right. Apple. Uh, Apple Day. Apple Day. Apple Tuesday. Yes. Not even Ruby Tuesday. Apple Tuesday. Uh, one of the, the announcements that I was kind of excited for is Apple has announced that they are bringing ProRes video recording to the iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone 13 Pro Max. Uh, this is actually kind of a big deal. Uh, ProRes isn't raw, but it does give you a much wider dynamic range in recording. Uh, you can record uh, flatter video for better uh, color correction in post. It just gives you a lot more flexibility in both what you're shooting and what your post-production can be. A very uh, robust yes, very ro picture. I, I shoot with ProRes. Uh, I, I usually shoot ProRes 422 uh, on, on my camera here. And that's the way my videos look when, the, when they're all done, when they're all color graded and everything else is they look fantastic. Uh, so ProRes coming to, to Apple phones is not, not a not big deal. <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, but, uh, there is a, a catch to this one and that's that you have to have a 256 gigabyte model of either of these phones to record in ProRes. Um, okay, yeah, you're going to need the storage. Right. Well, actually ProRes is surprisingly a decent, uh, a decent codec for recording, especially if you record in, uh, uh, ProRes Lite. Uh, there's a ProRes Lite, which is actually in some ways more efficient than H.264, which mm. is what a lot of, of phones still record in. So, yeah, but they're saying, uh, nope, sorry, you can't uh, can't have full ProRes on, on the 128 gigabyte model because why would we give you a feature that wasn't arbitrarily locked out based on the storage that you have? Uh, no, we, we're, we're going to lock that down only to our 256 gigabyte, uh, customers, you know, the, the true Apple enthusiasts, uh, yeah, for the best I mean, possible customer experience. I mean, you know how many people are probably just going into a, like a Best Buy or some Apple store and just being like, uh, yeah, give me the iPhone pro 13 pro. And they're expecting to get the best feature and without even doing any research, they're gonna be like, oh yeah, I got the best camera ever. It's like, hang on, which one do you actually have? Yeah. Um, I don't know, this is kind of like getting pulled, you know, the, the wool's over your eyes, you're getting pulled the fast one. <clears throat> Sorry. Fast one getting pulled over you. Um, I don't know, yeah, it's, it's unless they're making this a blatant uh, announcement, which I haven't heard, I remember hearing that the camera is gonna be amazing, and everything like that, but all I ever heard was, you know, usually it's the standard version and then the pro version where the lighter version usually doesn't have that feature. Um, it didn't matter about storage or anything else like that. The lighter version just needed to be smaller, compact. So that's why they couldn't fit the extra camera or whatever feature because they needed it to be smaller, where the other two, it was more of a size issue. Now it's a, it's a storage capacity, which, we all know storage capacity, it's microscopic. You know, it is tiny. They don't need to do any of that. So this is just, they're wanting to sell more. Yeah. And it's, no. it's, a, it's a jerk move. This is an upsell. It's a bit of a jerk move. Um, yeah, but I, I'm, I'm slightly upset by that move because 
yes, Apple has arbitrarily charged exorbitant prices for memory upgrades in the past. We know that. Almost every company does that. Dell does it. HP does it. Uh, most phone companies do it. Uh, Apple does it. Apple created that. Uh, but locking out a software feature because one phone has more storage than another, that's, that's rubbing me the wrong way. That really is. In other news, uh, Microsoft is taking a, a harder stance uh, when it comes to, to TPM, so uh, tamper protection module, uh, in requiring TPM 2.0 modules for installation of Windows 11. Now I can tell you, I've had no problems installing Windows 11 without TPM. It seems to be a very simple bypass uh, on the installer. Uh, it's probably a matter of just modifying an XML file in, in your ISO download, or in my case, just loading it onto a Windows deployment server and saying, yeah, install onto this hardware. And it goes, okay, and installs because Windows deployment services doesn't give one rip if it's Windows 11 or Windows 7 or Windows XP. It'll still deploy it. Uh, but uh, the fact that Microsoft is doubling down is going to lead to technical problems, customer confusion, uh, and a variety of other things when it comes to uh, Windows 11 being available for older devices, older PCs. Um, yeah. So they they sent out this helpful guide that says, um, yeah, we need to talk about TPM 2.0 and Windows 11. To enable TPM on your PC, go to settings, update and security, recovery, and restart now. Uh, Troubleshoot, advanced options, UEFI firmware, settings, uh, restart. Find the setting in your BIOS labeled security or trusted computing and look for enable TPM. Easy. So basically, the... restart your computer with extra modes enabled. Go to the advanced troubleshooting section inside of Windows 11 uh, and restart to your BIOS. Why they couldn't just say restart to BIOS, I have no idea. Um, like that well, is the most got... convoluted way to get to a BIOS I've ever heard of. Well, at the same time too, you're, I don't know. I mean, I know some people at some offices <laughs> that think they're, you know, IT people, or they're like, I don't want to call IT. This is fine. And I'll Google this myself. And and then five minutes later, Hey, I tried fixing this myself. Can you fix it? Okay. What'd you do? I, I don't know. I just Googled something. It told me I did what it told me to do. Yeah. You know, but even it this. said I had a virus, so I'm on the phone with Microsoft right now. Yeah, yeah. It sounds kind of like Indian. Yeah. Asian. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. TPM is going to be a thing that people like you and people like me are going to get phone calls about, and all the time we're gonna have. It's gonna be easier. Hang on, just let me walk over there. I'll just do it. Don't don't worry about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And look, I get the need for increased security in an operating system, and I'm glad Microsoft is taking a stance for this. Uh, in one way. In another way, 
because TPM isn't just included on a motherboard and hasn't been a standard feature outside of like Intel vPro systems or, you know, AMD's enterprise chips and things like that, it's not a thing that a lot of desktops and even fewer laptops have. Sure, there's a TPM module plug-in uh, header on most motherboards. I bet 95% of you didn't know what that was or if you have one. Uh, but it's only the, the header. You still have to buy the module, which was a $5 module. Um, and, and basically is another layer in secure boot. It, it makes sure that no tampering of, of anything has happened. Uh, but it is Microsoft going, that is going to be our be all end all of security. And that's the, the hill we're going to die on. That's a weird one. It's just a weird one. You know what's not weird? Today's video sponsor. No. Today's episode of Talking Heads is... Oh, come on. I keep clicking on the wrong one. Today's video episode of Talking Heads is brought to you by Linode. If you've ever needed to host your own server, whether it be for home or business use, but don't have the resources or time to invest into hardware, power, cooling, or even space... Why not let Linode host them for you? If it runs on Linux, it will run on Linode. That includes most of the software tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad blocking, recursive DNS servers, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. And maybe very soon, oh. a cloud-based Linux gaming virtual machine? Linode makes it simple to deploy and manage your own cloud services with solutions ranging from a single shared CPU to massive multi-core virtual machines. They even offer dedicated RTX 6000 graphics for rendering or machine learning. With shared CPU plans starting at as little as $5 per month and scaling up to as high as you need to go, you'll be able to find a hosting plan that fits your needs. And even if you do host your own servers, remember, Wraith, Linode can keep a backup off-site because Raid is not a backup, and I totally screwed up my own line. Visit <laughs> linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account and get your home lab or enterprise cloud network started today. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and thanks again to Linode for sponsoring today's episode Linode. uh we uh, i guess we missed a super chat actually and we got reminded by another super chat so ryan uh did a super chat back with the apple stuff and says apple needs to start selling standalone cameras so they can stop focusing on the same thing every generation kindly innovate something else yeah uh and here's here's the problem uh why doesn't a company or why why do your why does your smartphone have cameras that would oust the best point and shoot cameras from the last 15 years? Why why do we all now carry phones with cameras that are capable of taking phenomenally good pictures? Yet the best webcams cost $200 and look like hot garbage in comparison. Why is that? Yeah. The reason is and Epos Fox has gone into a great deal of uh, a detail about this subject is the processing inside the camera is tied directly to the CPU with specific and purpose-built silicon for processing that camera image. Um, the cameras themselves are fairly inexpensive, but they're inexpensive because they're just sensors with no processing on them. The magic and the quality happens because of the color processing science and and the uh, all the AI tweaks that yeah. go into the 
CPU that's built into your phone. So whether it's a Snapdragon or Apple Silicon or whatever you happen to have, there's literally GPIO pins that communicate with the camera and back and forth. And then that's how images are processed. So saying Apple should just make a camera, it's gonna be the same cost as a phone because the only difference between your phone and that camera module is the LTE modem that happens to be on it. So yeah, probably, yeah. This Basically, is a $1,000 point and shoot camera when it, when it boils down to it. Yes, there's other features, but they built that silicon purpose built for the camera module that goes into it. Uh, you can't take the camera out and use it with another CPU or over USB because there's no processing behind it that understands what it's sending it. Um, I mean, that's why in most new phone upgrades or any phone, doesn't matter what brand you go with, that's their big selling point. How good is the camera? And that's why people buy it because 99% of the time, no one carries a point and shoot anymore. It's, I got my camera, okay. Then it goes to the camera, then the next thing is storage. Because why? How many pictures and videos are you taking? And do you, do you have to delete them or not? Well, cloud storage kind of took care of a lot of that, but still people like having to have a lot of it right then and there and not have to sync up with something or anything like that. But essentially, modern day phones are just glorified point and shoot cameras that can surf the internet and make phone calls. Yeah. That's basically what they are. Yeah. Um, and then all of the webcams, yeah, they just don't have a processor. So you, what do you do? Plug it in USB, oh, boom, to your computer. So you have a smartphone now that's just really large. Yeah. That's basically it. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's the explanation. That's why Apple doesn't sell cameras, because they do sell cameras. They just happen to be in phones. Yeah. But then he also put $5 for, here's an extra $5 to make my previous missed Super Chat even more super. So they are claiming I'm not saying Super Chat, so there we go. Oh, uh, Ryan, to be fair, I did see your first super chat, uh, and we were wrapping up a conversation and then I had to do the sponsor spot. Uh, I would have gotten back to it. So yeah. to be fair, to be fair, I did see your super chat right as we started talking about TPM. So, <laughs> but thank you. Thank you for the double super chat. I appreciate it. Moving right along, uh, we are moving into beer news. And John, you were supposed to remind me of something. Uh, yes. Well, actually, someone did ask what what camera you are using for uh, your webcam. This camera? Yeah. This is the Zcam E1 uh, with a, uh, is that the Tokina? Yeah. Uh, Tokina 11 to 16 millimeter f2.8 and a Viltrox uh, EF speed booster for micro four thirds. Um, it is ghastly overkill for a webcam, but holy crap if it doesn't produce some amazingly good images. Yeah, both Jeff and I don't really use webcams. Yeah. Uh, I use my standard Sony A6000. Jeff uses, that used to be, isn't that your old camera? One of your older cameras that you're using? Uh, no, actually I bought this specifically for doing stuff like this. Oh. Also for some basic B-roll shots. Um, uh, now my primary camera is a Zcam E2, which is a proper cinema camera with, uh, Sigma 1835, you know, primo glass on it. Uh, but, uh, I actually bought this camera to kind of help complement that. Knowing this isn't a cinema camera, it's more of like a hybrid sports camera. Um, 
It has uh, not even a full micro four-thirds sensor. It's actually a 2.3x crop instead of a 2x crop. Uh, but it had all the features that I was looking for in a webcam, and I got this camera for 200 bucks. And yeah. so it's it's a large sensor. It You can adapt it to an EF lens, which means I can speed boost it, and I can put you know F2.8 or even F1.8 glass on it if I wanted to. Um, you, it has AC power built into it, so... All I do is plug in a cable and it's powered. It stays on forever. Um, there's no autofocus in it, but it does allow manual exposure. And so my camera is not constantly trying to change exposure on me like a webcam would and that kind of thing. Uh, it's also got phenomenal color. Uh, yeah. Phenomenal color and contrast. Uh, partially thanks to the lens that you can add to it. Um, so yeah, 11 to 16 millimeter Tokina F, F2.8, which when it came out it was like a $750 lens. It's an overkill webcam. I get that, but it looks great. I love this camera. Yeah. But speaking of beer news, Jeff, I think there's a box to your side that you need to open. Mm -hmm. There we go. There's a proper transition. <laughs> we'll take over from there. And people are saying that I either need to get a slow-mo camera or better audio. I do need better audio. I actually just broke uh, the screen on my lapel. Um, and I actually do have a really nice pro lapel mic uh, and receiver. The only reason I don't use it is because it takes AA batteries. Dude. Two boxes. Yeah, it's, it's not Same. just one. It's two boxes. Like Tavor. Yeah, um, I think these are the 12-pack whale pods. Like, I'm starting to recognize the shape. <laughs> well, do you still keep the whale pod, like, the, the oh, yeah. you know, the of padding? Of course. I wonder if you, you have, like, stacks of them in your garage. Maybe. <laughs> it's a possibility. <laughs> like, I will never burn these. I need them. Of course, I took the knife off my belt, and so I, like... Oh, oh. you know what you need? Your next product needs to be a um, craft computing a box beer opener. Hey, look. Whale pod. Whale pod. <laughs> and it's a 12-pack. Hey! <laughs> so, uh, these two cases were sent over by Ryan. Ryan? Kyle. Excuse me. Kyle. Kyle. Wow. Just this Ryan. Why did there. I say Ryan? I don't know. Uh... Yeah, uh, so we've got a 12-pack of beer. Let's get to it. This looks like uh, six two-packs. So first up, we have Naked River Brewing Moon Pie, uh, Chocolate Ooh, Moon Pie Stout. I have seen that one. Yeah. That looks like I a cool can. I have seen that one. I like that. Uh, and I do like a good moon pie. I, I'm a fan of uh, marshmallow and, and all that jazz. Marshmallow and chocolate. Yeah. I don't see an ABV on here right off, but yeah. Uh, so that was from uh, Naked River Brewing. Uh, next up, we have Proudly Brewed in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, New Heights IPA. Uh, mm. 6.9%, 101 IBU. Oh, yeah. so hopefully kind of a West Coast style. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, from Monday Night Brewing, don't call it Hotlanta. Quadruple IPA. Quadruple dry hop. Uh, 
on that one. Hey. Uh, let's see. Ooh. Oh, this one speaks to me. This one coffee? speaks to me. Yes, coffee. <laughs> I uh, knew it. <laughs> this is from uh, Terrapin Beer Company, uh, brewed in Athens, Georgia. I don't think I've ever had a Georgia beer. I'm trying to think. I would have to. Admit, if I did, I wouldn't know. I've I even mean, had I've... like Mississippi and Louisiana beer. I don't know if I've ever had a beer from Georgia. Hmm. Um, and and Georgia's like one of the few states I have not had beer from. Like I've had beer from South Dakota, <laughs> <laughs> but but Georgia's been like one that's like I've never had one from there. Uh, so from uh, from Terrapin Brewing or Terrapin Beer Company, Athens, Georgia. Vanilla Chai Latte Wake and Bake Coffee Oatmeal Imperial Stout 2020 Reserve 9.4%. And so that like a little chai, coffee, little chai, little coffee. Food. This speaks to me. Like <laughs> you don't you don't even know. Like coffee and chai? Oh god, yes. Uh 49th State Brewing, uh Thunder Shuck Oyster Pale Ale. Wait, what? Thunder, I'm going to look that one up. Thunder Shuck a... Oyster Thunder. Pale Ale. <laughs> you heard that me. like something I would drink. John, proudly brewed in Alaska. Uh, 49th State oh, yeah. Brewing. Uh, 5.7%, 31 IBU. 49th State Brewing. Yeah, there you go. When we, we tasted a bushel of oysters from uh, Shikat Bay Oyster Farm just outside of uh, uh, Nukati yeah, Bay... On, on Prince of Wales Island, Alaska, we knew we had to brew a new beer with them. Rather than brewing the typical dark oyster beer, we decided to push the envelope and brew, brew an experimental oyster pale ale instead. With a fruity aroma and tropical notes of guava and citrus, Thunder Shuck Pale features a bit of malt sweetness, softer bitterness, and noticeable oceanic salty saltiness. So I I wonder if it actually has oysters in it. I know an oyster stout is supposed to. Yes. So I'm, I'm assuming yes that this I would, I, is made with oysters. Go, yes. Yeah. But yeah, Anchorage, Alaska. I mean, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Rather than make a traditional dark oyster beer, we decided to make an experimental oyster pale ale. So I'm assuming I would I would assume I wouldn't you know that's what I would go with. Oysters are right in the name. Uh, yeah. Also from 49th State Brewing, uh, we have Golden Doll Belgian in style, uh, Belgian inspired triple. Oh, that's a spicy Belgian yeast and yes. fruity esters. Eight point five. Yeah, I'm on their website right now trying to figure out. <laughs> and that just as you said that, I scrolled by. Oh, hey, I just read that. Yeah. There you go. All right, so that's box number one. Number two, I will also have to get open. Using the only sharp implement that I have at my desk. The screwdriver? Yes. Or <laughs> Reminded of the uh, the first Family Guy uh, uh, episode with Brian and Stewie, Road to Rhode Island. So they they do all the like Brian and Stewie trips. Road to Rhode uh, Island was the very first one, and uh, Brian and Stewie are staying in a hotel room, and uh, their credit card was declined. So the hotel manager is banging on the door and open up, hotel manager, or, uh, or I'll I'll 
your credit card was declined. Open up or I'll use this blunt instrument I, I used to hit deadbeats with uh, bad credit cards. Well, <laughs> it's not an instrument, more of an object really. And well, it's kind of like a bat. <laughs> so, the only sharp instrument that I have. Uh, classic family. It's a long yeah. way to go for that joke. All right. Uh, we got some 12 ounces here. Uh, Hutton and Smith Brewing Company. Where in the world is that? Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, this is the uh, Igneous IPA, 7.2%. Oh, a little 12-ounce can. Yep. Yeah, all these are going to be 12s, it looks okay. like. Uh, also from Hutton and Smith, uh, the Promenade. Uh, this is also an IPA, 6.7%. Uh, bold, juicy, tropical, full-bodied New England-style IPA. Uh, smooth, luscious treat showered with four different hop varieties. Sounds like a lot of fancy words for a hazy. Yeah, it sounds like, uh, we had a couple spare hops over here. Um, yeah. How do we make this sound good? Empty the rest of that into the vat and we'll yep. call it something. <laughs> uh, from Yazoo Brewing. Yazoo. Uh, Kala IPA. Kala IPA. Kala Maybe they don't know what it is. C-A-L-L-A IPA. Kala there it is. IPA. Yeah. It's, a, it's a hazy. Okay. Uh, Even though the pictures I'm seeing are it as crystal clear. Yep. <laughs> uh, another 49th state from up in Anchorage. Uh, we've got a Solstice IPA. This one should be uh, a little bit crisper. Aromatics of juicy grapefruit, ripe melon, balanced on the perfect le level of bitterness. So, Solstice All IPA. Right. The, the Kala IPA has an interesting, it goes with notes of tangerine, creamy mint, and grapefruit. <laughs> Those are your flavors. Those are three different <laughs> beers, right? Because if, if they're three different beers, like, I, I kind of get it. Nope. A Kala IPA bursts forth with lush hop notes of tangerine, creamy mint, and grapefruit. Where are they getting tangerine from hops? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the one you're asking about, right? I mean, I mean, the mint is. Oh yeah, yeah. Creamy mint is always in a lot of hops. Right, yeah. creamy mint. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I had to mention that. Yeah, uh, Odd Story Brewing Company. Uh, this is the Monkey's Heart Pale Ale. Kind of a cool. Oh psychedelic looking uh pastel can art on it i like that oh i thought it was going to be like uh the indiana jones kalima oh that's monkey brain never mind and then last but not least from naked river brewing this is the cosmic turtle hazy ipa with blood orange Ooh. Ooh. and that is a cool looking can oh very cool yeah surfing the skies bro all right so I was like, whoa! And I was like, whoa! And I was like, whoa! <laughs> like, whoa! And then we were like, whoa. Whoa. All you right. Know, speaking of really good beers, Jeff. Uh, you ready for another one has, I am ready for a new one. You want to open? I was going to ask you how yours was going. You're still drinking yours. Not fast enough. Hold on. Yes. Uh, I was going to ask you how, how was your beer? Because you haven't said anything about it. Before I drink it, it's a beer. 
It's a beer. I, I know uh, you are not a Pilsner guy, and the fact that you found two you like was pretty amazing. Right, right exactly. Like, like I do appreciate, like, a really good Pilsner. Like, you get yeah. that that nice, light, bready, biscuity kind of kind of top to them, and nice and crisp and refreshing. Like Good on a hot day. Good on a hot day, like a lemonade of beer kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm definitely a fan of that. This is 4.5%, but thicker and kind of a a sour bitter hop note right on top and the malt doesn't do it any flavors either and then it just dies and i that's the one thing i will state about oregon beers and doing pilsners and lagers i think oregon majority of the time like the bigger breweries we kind of over hop our our light beers Mm -hmm. and you have to go to the smaller breweries to be like okay this is how it's traditionally done but like with Breakside or something, uh, we Northwesterners like hoppy bitterness, even in our light pilsners. And, well, uh, that shows. We like hoppiness. And it shows in the Great American Beer Festival. If you've never heard of that, it is the largest beer festival in the United States. Uh, it's held every year. I think last year was the only year it wasn't held for a long time. Um, but it's one of the most amazing beer festivals you could ever go to. I wish I could go to it. A friend of ours, Dan, who owns Ratchet Brewery, yeah. um, while I had the tap room and his wife worked for me, uh, he went to this uh, with another friend. And at the time, um, I was above him and untapped by like three or 400 check-ins. He came back that over three days, and I think he said he checked in around five or 600 beers. Yeah, uh, he said every day they were just non. Now Dan's a bigger guy, so but he took. I, now, I've, I've been drinking beer, with them. Yeah. Now I now, I went we, glass for glass the entire day. <laughs> that was a long day. It's, oh yeah, at <laughs> it was uh, a long day. the dark yeah, dark arts festival of the dark festival, arts. So, yeah, yeah. That was and, a long uh, day. Yeah, that was that was legit thirteen hours straight of nothing but beer samples and like a sausage for lunch at 2 p.m. You get a sausage and a pretzel and that's all Sausage and a pretzel on a stick. Right. Yep. And uh, that was it. <laughs> but yeah, after that, I, I tried like, to vlog did... it. I genuinely tried to vlog it. <laughs> oh, I, I remember you talking about it and everything. I remember that because uh, I still have the tapper at the time. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I really want to go. Yeah. Um, but like I was saying, so this is a pretty big deal for a lot of breweries. And the cool part is, is everyone also gets to vote on the beers there. All the different beer styles, a lot, just like the um, Oregon Beer Festival here is the largest in the Pacific Northwest. The Great American Beer Festival. Largest outdoor. Largest outdoor beer festival. Thank you. Um, This is the largest beer festival in the United States. But every beer gets judged, too. That's the other thing. And who would bring home the coveted IPA gold, but us, the Oregonians. We bring home the best IPA you could have. Um, and it's not from We already knew that. Br- John, why are we oh, talking? Oh, yeah, this we already news. Knew. No, yes, we get that. But the news is, it's not It's not from like Breakside. It's not from Great Notion. That's the other thing. So uh, it yeah. is actually from a smaller brewery called Von Ebert Brewing. Uh, they're in the Portland district. I've had a lot of their beers. Very good beers. Um, very good standard beers. Now, this they won the gold medal for the uh, American IPA, the standard 
chutzpahs of IPAs. The chutzpahs. You know, what you expect. If you were a home brewer, this is what you want your IPA to look like and taste like. And they won gold in that. And actually, I think we even won silver, too. So we took home both. Uh, I think we took it's home. What we uh, what we I do. think we took home a, a total of fifteen medals. You can go check out the article. Uh, gives you a link into uh, you know everything, what everyone won. We took home an ESB medal, so it's very very cool. Um, and actually, uh, I didn't put this in the news, but I'll just go ahead and slide in there while you're yeah, pouring your beer. Uh, we were talking about beer venues and or, or beers you get at venues and how much they cost. Yeah, uh, kind of briefly and uh, significantly. If you come to the uh, Portland area and you decide to come see a Blazer game, well, guess what? You can have one of the best, well-known hazy IPAs that Oregon produces, and that is Great Notion. Great Notion has signed a contract Ooh. to be the exclusive IPA for the Portland Trailblazers, and you will get an exclusive can. At the Rose uh, Moda Center, um, I always call it the Rose Garden. It's the Rose but Garden. It's the Rose Garden. Uh, it changes every you five, know what? Six years. Screw Moda. <laughs> yeah, I know. God, their insurance sucks. Um, uh, but um, yeah, so now you can actually get a decent beer at the Moda Center, and everyone's always talking about how do I get Great Notion beers? Great Notion beers. Go see a Blazer game. You can get a Great Notion beer. I, I was involved in contract uh, talks for healthcare for an organization uh, in which Moda was pretty much the only choice that we had. And in one hand, they're going, sorry, it's been a really rough year for us and we have to raise uh, uh, premiums and we know this is a really difficult time. But, you know, if you could just give us instead of like. 1500 per employee, we're going to raise premiums to like 1700 per employee. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, and by the way, we just renewed our $70 million naming rights agreement for the Rose Garden. So it's still going to be called the Moda Center. It's like, huh, I wonder where all my money is going. Because yeah, it's certainly it not into my health care. <laughs> ah, I can't reach my beard. It's going into a billionaire dick measuring contest. Well, you got to measure each each centimeter, Jeff. Yep. Each centimeter count. Yep. Where did my beer go? Yeah, of all the of all the scummy stadium naming deals, Moda has got to be number one on my I'm I'm not happy list. So like yeah, American what, Airlines, sure. American Airlines Center, the Pepsi Center, you know, I'll even go like the State Farm Arena or whatever else. But well, there was Moda there Health was, Insurance. Of all the scummy it, things you could possibly do with money from a health insurance company, it's name well, a stadium. It was either that or we could have been, what was that Florida one? The the, the Bang Bros Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, uh, it, yeah, that's a real toss up right there. Yeah. Um, well, so, I mean, they, what... they have a pretty solid minor league pole dancer club. So. <laughs> I mean, that core workout is, I mean, going to get them, everyone flexible. What did you open, Jeff? I opened a beer that you had just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you did a review on it uh, from Binary Brewing. It is the White Hat versus Black Hat. So old oh, spy yeah. versus spy. Uh, this is basically a combination of two of their traditional beers. So they have a classic IPA and a hazy IPA, and they kind of like graveyarded it into a single batch. 
and uh so no actually it, it's different it's the same Is beer it? uh -huh. it's the same base beer gotcha and they made it hazy and they made it clear gotcha okay so technically there are two versions of it out there and i thought i i thought it was like that like what you said right it was a combination That's and certainly I what i see there Right, that's what um, I saw there. But I and guess I the rest of my can is all black. Yeah, so, so you got a black. I got the hazy. You got the hazy. Yeah. Which I, I think I like the American one because uh, they called it American or oh, Northwest IPA. Yeah, this is definitely so. hazy. Yeah. So. so yeah, you got the the north the hazy one. So uh, I am going to be opening up the other half, uh, just like the verses, like you're doing. This is now versus Team Dog. So I went Team Cat, and we're going to go Team Dog. It's an IPA, double dry hopped with Strata, finished with tangerines. 6.4% as well. I'm curious uh, the difference between your, your two beers here. Because uh, Anchorage always does solid stuff. And, and yeah. like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, Anchorage is kind of known for making a just a bomb of a standard IPA and then putting 10 different hop varieties Ooh. in it and naming it 10 different beers and, and bringing out some different essences along the way. So, Oh, I'm totally team dog. Are you? I'm totally that, that tangerine just, just brings out that nice sweet citrus. Yeah. Juicy, but not, you know how, there's that juice haziness, but it gives you that acid burn. Well, they just added actual juice essentially. So I'm getting the juiciness without, um, it's just a little tangerine peel almost drying. Yeah. So, uh, we so, did, we did miss a couple of super chats. Yeah. Uh, so Harley sends over $5 with no message. Thank you very much, Harley. Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Denver, uh, sends over, wish my a seven three didn't have an internal record limit, uh, record time limit. Uh, I have a trio of F1.4 lenses from 35 to 85. AF works surprisingly well at F1.4 in a full frame. Yeah, I love the A7 III. Um, it was definitely on my list of things to consider. Um, although I bought my Zcam E2 uh, at the end of 2019. So I've, I've had it almost two years now. Um, and at the time it was the A7 S2 if I wanted uh, uh, video recording and I just wasn't happy with all of the features even even though you would get autofocus and, and all the great things that Sony does I kind of wanted ProRes for ease of editing and I didn't want to you know slap an Adam Ashogan on, on top of it uh, full frame Sony glass is expensive if you want the autofocus features and auto exposure features that Sony has and Sure, I could get, you know, a full set of Rokinon Cine lenses and throw them on there and they'd probably look fantastic, but you'd lose autofocus and you're still looking $1,000 in glass. Um, all of my glass was APS-C. It was sized for Super 35. So I have uh, a Sigma 18 to 35. I have a Sigma 1750 IS for, for run and gun, which is also an F2.8 lens. I've got the Tokina 11 to 16, which is a APS-C lens. I've got the Sigma 50 to 150 f2.8, which is uh, an APS-C lens. Uh, and I have a couple others around that are all APS-C. I think I have one full frame lens left in my collection. And it's actually like my 15 millimeter Laowa macro lens that happens to be a full frame. 
Um, so I wanted to stay on Super 35 or or Four Thirds, which I wasn't a fan of Four Thirds, but at $2,000, the Zcami 2 made so much sense because you got similar video quality to an A7S II uh, with internal ProRes recording without the need for an Atomos Shogun and, and everything else. Plus, you don't have to deal with overheating. Plus, you don't have to deal with this and that. And, uh, and I can record straight to USB-C media. So I record straight to Samsung T5 and T7 drives. Uh, it uses a standard Sony F-mount battery. So I plop some Sony 970 F-mounts onto the back. They'll stay on for like four hours, whatever I'm doing, recording or not. Uh, and they were like 25 bucks. So battery life has never been an issue for me. So uh, that being said, I want a Sony FX3. Like if you, if you put one in front of me, I wouldn't say no. Uh, even if I had to invest in new Sony glass, because let's be real, the FX3 is boss. Uh, and then Heavy Palms, $2. Battlefield delayed. Thoughts? And do we even care? Don't beat us to it. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We have it. I got, on, I got two more on. things in front. Yeah. Chill. Chill, Heavy Palms. So. Uh, I will say, I'm going to be classic Hazy fan on this one, and I haven't even had the classic. Or I'm gonna I'm gonna oh, be classic cl IPA fan. Classic IPA. Yeah, I'm no, gonna be Team was, White, not Team Black. Team the Team White was uh, nice multi Northwest. I wish it had a bit more hop to it to be that Northwest because they called it a you know Northwest IPA, but or they called it a, a American Standard IPA or something like that, and so that way they can get around the Northwest. It just wasn't hoppy enough, mm -hmm. but I I think within the rules that they were trying to do they were restricted in the amount of hops that they could probably add um was what kind of the research that i did because when i did it the the beer was only like a week old so there really wasn't a whole lot i should start reaching out to some of these places and asking the breweries <laughs> yeah um yeah this it, it was it mediocre yeah it, it's definitely mediocre it, it doesn't even have I'm I'm going to complain about hazies the way I normally complain about hazies where I like the first 4 ounces because they're flavorful and different and expressive and 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 deep and bold and vibrant and like and then you drink it and all you can taste is acid and that's all you taste for the rest of the day and blah, 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 blah. um this doesn't even do that like the first couple of drinks I'm going I kind of get some of those like I see where they're trying to be a little bit bolder in the citrus and whatnot, like a lot of hazies are. Yeah. Uh, but man, there's like the, it doesn't know if it wants to be sweet or bitter. And so there's like conflicting things going on through the middle and end of the flavor. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think I said, I think I also tasted like a bit more odiness with like more mm. of the flavor than the hops in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, okay, they're just doing that to get a bigger body. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That, no, it, oatmeal. You're exactly right. Yeah. It, it, the, the middle and end of the flavor is like this really weird, super bitter grassy hop on like a bed of oatmeal. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So hard transition here, but, uh, so the, we talked about this a while ago. The Nintendo Switch has been 
secretly or they haven't secretly, but they went and talked about their latest uh, and greatest new thing where everyone was hoping is going to be the new Switch Pro. Switch Pro. High, yeah. You know, we were all hoping for that. And we got the, what was it, OLED? We got the Switch <laughs> OLED. The Switch OLED. whoop de whoop do you know. And there was basically no upgrade other than the screen. And I think that was it. And, okay, the Switch has been around since 17, 2017. Yeah, early 17, maybe even late 16. Yeah, I think it was uh, like certain places released 16, and I think official launch was 17. Um, And Uh, March 3rd, 2017. So, yeah, early early 17. I love my Switch. I I love the the portability. I love the uh, third-party games that make so many developers. uh, They now have a bigger platform to hit. I love everything about that. I was really hoping for the Switch Plus. I really was, or Pro, or whatever we were hoping for. Now, the one thing, and I've experienced this, too, with a particular time. uh, My son loves the Switch, too, because he can play some kid games on it even though now he's all about Zelda Breath of the Wild. I, was like, I didn't know a four-year-old could beat a Lionel, but whatever. <laughs> That's cool, impressive. Um, <laughs> but so we took it on a plane. And I was like, oh, you know what? I, I know that the Switch has Bluetooth capability because it's a modern device. Right? Boy, was I wrong. Nope, nope. You have to go buy a USB-C adapter for yep. it. Yep. And I think it's Bluetooth. Well, Good news to everyone that's always wanted Bluetooth capability. The Nintendo is finally giving us something we've been wanting since, well, 2015, or before that, before the Switch has even uh, been born. The latest update, firmware update for the Switch, will give you Bluetooth capability up to 10 devices. Bluetooth support finally on the Switch for headphones. Uh, And what I think is a very courageous move. Innovative, going bold. Bravo. I mean, Bravo. I mean, Apple had the courage to take out the headphone jack, and Nintendo has the courage to add Bluetooth headphone support. Bravo. 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 I mean, really. I, really... I hope more devices follow in their footsteps. I really yep. do. Really oh, wait. do. I can't wait. I can't wait for my CD, my my I... compact disc player to do Bluetooth. Hold on, this just in. I'm hearing that Bluetooth audio support was dated as far back as the Sony Mini Disc player. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What? <laughs> Wait, didn't didn't uh any of the Nintendo like 3D uh didn't that have Bluetooth? 3DS? Uh yeah. oh, gosh, you know, honestly, I don't remember. I do remember there was a big hullabaloo because the Game Boy Advance SP removed the headphone jack and made you plug in an accessory port through the through the charging port. Uh, was the only way you could have headphones. So you could either charge it or listen to your headphones at the same time. Uh, and and it was like a, an extra $10 dongle. And yeah. we look at that now and go, $10, who cares? Uh, you know. <laughs> yeah. But it no, there, there was, it was a big deal back in the day. Yeah, I mean, but still, I mean, Bluetooth has been out forever. And it's just, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, this is so, thank you finally, but my goodness. Th- this just proves, though, just with like the OLED of like, this is what people want. 
okay, I really hope the next console they develop is not going to go the way of the Wii U or the GameCube because it always seems to be hit, then crash, yeah. hit, then crash. And and this has been such a success. I All they need to do is just beef up the hardware with this thing. That's yeah. all they need to do. Um, Nintendo, dare I say, is working on the opposite uh gantt chart schedule as microsoft for windows releases good release bad release good release bad release good release bad release uh so and and questionable decisions for upgrades in in the interim uh and you know no one liked window windows 8.1 and, and windows 10 when it was released and and lo and behold we've got you know the the switch coming out going oh rah, rah, the switch yeah uh, and before that it was or I guess Windows 8 and the and the Wii U, those were both crashing at the same time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so let's. So we're basing on the next Nintendo system on how good Windows 11 is. Yes, I think so. So, God help us all. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kren sends over five Aussie dollars. Thank you very much, Kren. The sarcasm detector is off the scale. I think we might have broken it, John. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, so if you uh, want Bluetooth on your Switch, which I will probably go and do, that way my son can now listen to his things, be, uh, his video game, because the speakers on that thing are horrible. Um, and, and he does not, he likes to have the Switch on his lap, and he hates having a pointy adapter hitting his thigh. Yeah. Um, so... We'll be doing that. You know, I, I can't understand the number of reviewers I always hear um, who complain about the ports being on the top. You know, I, I use headphones, and so I want the headphone jack on the bottom. So when I'm like, no, because I want to be able to set the device down sometimes. Yeah. And, and honestly, on the bottom, especially if I'm like in a tight situation, like I'm trying to play a game on an airplane or something like that. I'm six it's, foot five. My arms come yeah. out to here. And, and so I, I always end up holding like portable devices, kind of like T-Rex style and the adapter like pokes me in the chest and it drives me nuts. It's like, just hang it out the top and drape it up and under. Like, that is such a better position, but everyone's going, I want it on the, like Linus is famous for going like, uh, every single port that's ever been talked about on any handheld device. He goes, I wish it was on the bottom because that, that's just more ergonomic sense. And I'm like, no, no, it's totally not. Well, he's like what five eight. Uh, um, depends on what shoes he's wearing. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I'm not even saying don't get rid of the three point five millimeter. <laughs> you know, I I I still want the headphone adapter there. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes you no know, Bluetooth uh, headphones, the battery can die. It's fine. I yeah. still want the the three point five millimeter, but I expect. Bluetooth capability. Yeah. If it says Bluetooth, there is no excuse for not having headphone support. Yeah. And why did it take them four and a half years to get it? I don't it? know. It, it is in the standard Bluetooth driver for every operating system ever. Why did, did that take so long? Because they had to build the store first? I don't know. <laughs> Dumb. Who knows? Too busy working on Splatoon 2. Gosh. Uh, in other Nintendo news, not really Nintendo news, and please, Nintendo, be be kind to this wonderful, wonderful modder. 
Yeah. so, uh, late yesterday, there was, I hate to use this phrasing, but viral post uh, about a modder who took Mario Nintendo 64 or N- Mario 64 assets and put them into Minecraft, but not the way that you think he did, uh, because we've all seen Ocarina of Time recreated in Minecraft or redone in Unreal Engine. Yeah, and it's always and, and like this. Like something spliced and missing right. and wrong. Or, or it's this reimagined tech demo with none of the right physics and everything looks wrong. Like it might be pretty, but they literally just took like stock assets, upscaled them, and said, look, this is how Zelda would look in Unreal. And well, yes, it probably took a, a guy like a couple of weeks to design it and, and you know, creatively enhance Kakariko he didn't, he Village didn't or remake everything yeah but. it's far from a working game and and the physics are definitely not the same game physics that we had in ocarina of time and i notice things like that and and that always bugs me when they say oh this fan remade this in in some weird thing no he didn't he made something that looks like that but it's not functionally that yeah in this case a modder took the decompiled Nintendo Mario 64 PC port, put the engine itself into Minecraft, and he's running both game engines at the same time. So he's got Java Minecraft that has all of the assets, physics, controls, everything from the Mario 64 PC port running as the driver for mario himself (laughs) so this is truly mario 64 running in minecraft yes it is it is the merger of basically two games yeah it doesn't just look like mario this is mario with all the same controls all the same physics all the same world interactions as mario 64 on the Minecraft map with Minecraft physics. And that's a very big distinction. Uh, Now, uh, uh, PDX Dylan, you know what? He's in Portland. We need to look him up. I was gonna say that. I was like, oh, I bet he's in Portland. We need to look him up. Uh, let's just go buy a beer. Yeah, Twitter user PDX Dylan posted the video, said, I'm working on a Minecraft mod that runs Super Mario 64 engine. It's very work in progress right now, but here's some highlights. And it shows native Mario animations and, and controls and physics and gravity and interaction working on top of Minecraft. And it's one of the coolest dang things I've ever seen. Um, but... Uh, his post blew up, obviously. Like, Reddit got a hold of it, and Twitter got a hold of it, and they've been going nuts. Um, Dylan has then sent a follow-up tweet and said, I'm working, or, sorry, didn't expect this to gain traction so quickly, so I should probably clarify. Due to how Nintendo deals with fan projects, DMCAing, etc., I sadly can't promise a download either now or in the future. The most I can do is probably post silly videos of what I do in-game. Uh, so he says, I'm not going to deal with that legal nonsense. Uh, as cool as this is and as fun as it is, uh, I'm not getting involved in that. I don't want that party showing up to my door. Uh, yeah. I mean, how many times has that happened already? 
Yeah, Nintendo is pretty aggressive about using IP for other things. Uh, but Dylan, uh, I want to buy you a beer. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Well, as long as he's 21. <laughs> as long as you're 21, I would like to buy you a beer because I want to try this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... Bring your computer over. You have a beer. Yep. <laughs> Let me play this. Yeah, you have a beer. Let me sit down at the laptop. Have a little one-on-one -on -one time. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we had a super chat. I think we had two super had chats. A couple of them, yeah. Uh, yeah. So the sarcasm detector, we did that okay, one. Yeah. Denver uh, sends over $5. Thank you again uh, for later. But did anyone reach out to you about using an A100 on a project you've been working on, uh, gaming on it, for instance? Not that I remember. Should I remember? Maybe you talked about it once. I, I, I don't. It does not. Yeah, work. I, I don't recall uh, anything. Else. So, so obviously, uh, Denver is referencing the the cloud gaming server and. Honestly, the most powerful card that it would possibly be supported on is the Tesla A100. It's the Ampere 100. Um, boy. <laughs> okay. Uh, just so we're clear. Uh, Twitter DMs are always open. Just saying. So, other gaming uh, news. Other gaming news that was talked about this in Super Chat, and we're going to get to it now, like we mm -hmm. promised we would. Uh, the highly anticipated, I am personally Bobby looking Palms. forward Are to listening? this game. Are you listening? Uh, yes, I am looking forward to this game, um, and I'm praying it is not the next Cyberpunk 2077, uh, but Battlefield 2042 has been delayed. Uh, wrong. Yeah, there it is. And um, but it hasn't been delayed as much. Um, we're looking at uh, originally it was supposed to be an October 22 release. Uh, I think it got pushed back to November 19th. So basically, just under uh, two months. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I got to go back here. Um, so an update from the Battlefield team. So I clicked on it. This media includes potentially sensitive content. People have been reporting the image as not safe for work. <laughs> uh, we made the decision to shift the launch of Battlefield 2042. The game will now be released worldwide on November 19th, 2021. So only a couple of weeks back of its initial planned release. Nothing, nothing big. Yeah. But I really hope, I think, well, well, well wasn't uh, Cyberpunk originally like a two-month delay and then it ended up being like a six-month delay? Uh, it was originally a one-month delay and then they delayed it four months. So it was originally supposed to be out like September of 2019. They then delayed it until uh, November of 2019. And then they delayed it to March. So they went a two-month, a four-month, and then I think they did another four-month where they pushed it back yeah. to July. So I, that's why I'm saying I really hope this isn't the next Cyberpunk. Yeah. Because just like Cyberpunk, amazing trailers, amazing talk. You know, there's huge anticipation. Um, there's a lot of cool concepts about the new Battlefield. 
Uh, I forget what the mod is called, but you know, they're basically, you can bring in almost any genre you want. I think even in the super secret discord chat, because if you're not in it, you should join it. We have talked about it in the gaming section. Uh, I know Steve and I have, uh, it's, I think it's going to be super fun, but being delayed a month ooh, or a little over a month, I just hope it's a little tiny glitch. Yeah. Um, I, I'm hoping it's more of the, they have a glitch with consoles, you know, possibly downgrading um, some of the resolution or, you know, whatever. Trying They're to make working it all on work. getting the tweaks just right. So you have to pay to win. <laughs> I will pay to win this one. No. I just want to be a good sniper. Mm-hmm. I just like sniping people. It's the only way John can win. Yep. Oh, I'll pay. Your wife didn't marry you for your looks. I know. I did have to get that job before I got her marry me. That's right. <laughs> the reason for that. That is odd, huh? <laughs> <laughs> See, it seems like every time I do something, I was like, I got to buy her a gift. Yeah. I got to look into this. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who's been married 15 years. I'm on to something. <laughs> I think we're. I think we hit. Uh, we were on. I don't even remember anymore. See, that's the problem. No, that's that's that's, that's that means you've been married too long. If, yeah. So uh, Andrew did send us five bucks. Uh, have a beer on me. I appreciate all that you do, and for putting up with my silly questions. Newbies, get on the Discord. It's worth the wait in gold. Yes. It is. I. I do talk about it a lot, but it is an amazing Discord. I am on some other Discords that I do have to pay for that are on the bigger tech channels. And I still find myself going into the community that I get for free, um, you, you know, but it's an amazing, amazing community. Every channel, even if I'm not interested in a subject, um, I can go in there and find a conversation that I'm like, hey, that's really cool. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. <laughs> and everyone there is so friendly. You could ask a question and you can probably sit there and think the sounds dumb, but it's really not. And everyone's like, hey, I can help you out with that. I can help you out with this. Well, this is how you do this month. This is how you fix this part. We have a car section. We have a trade section. We have food and beverage, meme section music section tv and entertainment section uh, a personal talking head so if you aren't in the chat uh on youtube there's a special chat just for talking heads that we are constantly if you're seeing us type that's usually where we're typing into <laughs> it's the super <laughs> so, secret chat it's the super secret chat and the best part of all after every show there's usually about between an hour to two hours video chat that we all get on to after party. party. So if you want to be a part of that, you want to get some of the nitty gritty stuff or ask questions or hear stories from all over the world, because we literally have people waking up at 4 a.m., 6 a.m. You know, they are uh, all over and in their pajamas and talking to us all the time. And I'm not talking this one time. I'm talking like every time these people are dedicated into that chat room it's an amazing fun community it's, if i could be there more i would but yeah. i can't i i do have other priorities and have to wake up i don't have to wake time. up thursday so exactly i do so i have to leave like halfway through and then i come back the next day hey what was everyone talking about and there's an hour and a half later of, of just <laughs> yeah. chats and posts and so like hey everyone's like yeah wow you I, guys had a good time i have so the the after party officially starts at 10 30 
Um, yeah. I'm usually on there from about 1030 to midnight. I try to I try to get off at midnight most times because yeah. I do have kids who wake me up at six. So yeah. uh, I want to get some sleep. Uh, but I've gotten off at like 2 a.m. before and gotten back on at 6 a.m. And the Australians are still talking. <laughs> <laughs> They're still in video chat. Those uh, Aussies. Yep. <laughs> Thank you guys for carrying the the, uh, the swing shift torch. We really appreciate it. <laughs> so, but it is, again, uh, if you haven't heard, it is a minimum of a dollar. More is always welcome. I guarantee you, if you start off with the dollar, you will see the value in it and will probably want to do more. Every penny does go back into content building for this channel. Um, there, it's not just spent on beer. No, Jeff gets enough of that from not everyone just else. Beer. Not just on beer, maybe 25. Um, but the lights behind them, the studio, the equipment that he's able to buy while on Talking Heads. If you've ever seen this before, he's on eBay all the time and doing those buys. That's do, do you guys realize you guys. the cloud gaming server project I'm like five grand into, and that's yeah. not even including the donated slash sponsored slash review parts that I've got into that. Like I'm legit five grand into that project. He could buy a car. He could buy another cheap Z car for parts. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's it's because of the Patreon. It's because of the support that I get from people like you all that. I'm able to do those kinds of projects, which yep. honestly on YouTube don't see that big of a return, but those type of projects is what my core audience eats the heck out of. So uh, jump on the float plane, jump on the Patreon, uh, go over to craftcomputing.store, get yourself a, a pint glass or a, yeah, a really nice sweet t-shirt. T-shirt, pint glass, drink like the pros. <laughs> see, I remember that one. Drink the way the pros drink. Because I get paid to drink now. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Kren sends over another $2. Good day. Good afternoon, good, good evening, or good night. I know you're in Australia. You're what? It'd be morning. Six hours? Early five morning? Hours? No, it'd be like 3.30 p.m. 3.30, 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m. Depending on where you're at in Australia. Um, so yeah, afternoon, ha, uh, what you having for dinner? Mo That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, novella hub. Do you ever go thirsty anymore? Craft computing? Um, not often, but here's, here's the most first world problem that I have other than, uh, like, I wish I got to drive my Z car more <laughs> is, uh, this is a first world problem is I will open my fridge and it's nothing but like 9% double IPAs and 12% barrel aged stouts and, and uh, you know, jammy, jammy sours. And it's like, I just need a beer for lunch. I'm looking for a 6% IPA. Oh, so I, I have this and I argument can't with find my, one. I have this argument with my wife a lot. Well, I shouldn't say argument, but you know, that, that look a wife will give you. And I, I got go that today. And buy yeah, I go and buy the variety. It's my favorite is the Nkasi variety mm -hmm. pack. And it's like, oh, it's on sale. And it's like, oh, whatever. I get it. And she's like, you have all this other beers. Like, yeah, I just want a beer to drink. Yeah. <laughs> I just I just want a drinking beer. I wanna I want that like, I don't care. This 
for some reason, yeah. this is the comfort beer that I want. I want that 6% Northwest hop that I know I'm going to love every time. It's going to go with this meal to where every other beer I'm going into, I'm like, I don't know if I want this for the nightcap. Ah, yeah. that's too big. Yeah. Ah, that's going to be a sugar bomb. Um, you know, it's, I just want yeah. a staple decent Do you know beer. what I've been doing lately? is uh, my local grocery store, they, they have, number one, a phenomenal craft beer selection. Uh, number two is they do have uh, a lot of the 19.5 ounce cans. Um, oh, yeah. And they always carry uh, Hop Valley Cryostash oh, and yeah. uh, Founders All Day IPA. So maybe once a week, I'll go in there and I'll grab a can of each of those. And those are my... I'm not filming today. I don't have anything going on or I'm like testing something or writing a script or whatever else. That is my like, I want a beer with lunch and I don't want to think about it and I want it to be good. Do I want eight and a half yeah. or four and a half percent? There we go. And so you spend two. Oh, and they're $1.99 and $2.39 for those two beers. Oh, yeah. It, it's um, the cryo stash. So I, I've always wanted to do a video of the idea was the cheapest yet best the the best cheapest ipa you can get right and and essentially what's under three bucks right cryostash and cryostash gotta be one up on of, there on that list it's gotta be on the list and it's like because i was looking at it like okay what can i get for under three bucks that's a that's a good decent and right. even big ipa and cryostash is like eight four eight five eight, percent eight, six it's, i want to say yeah it's um, like 250 like, for a 19 and can. and and what's funny is even if you're looking at like you know the traditional west coast you know you go with the stone or the sierra nevada or whatnot even for the 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 pint cans that's still running you three to four dollars a pint um especially when you get into the stone specialty stuff that has the higher abv like the the fear movie lions and and you know their yeah. their high double bomb kind of stuff cryo stash at like 250 God, it's it's hard to beat that can. It is. It is very hard to beat it. I mean, when I was looking, I was thinking like there was like Baller IPA, there's like a Widmere, or there, I think it was like a, a Deschutes Fresh Fresh Squeeze uh, is in there. But it's like I found like four or five beers that well, are Fresh Squeeze under is another good one. Fresh Squeeze. Yeah, yeah, that are under three dollars for the big nineteen ounce, like the big beers, yeah, you know. Yeah. And it was. But the, the reason I never pulled the trigger on it was these are only beers you can get basically here in Oregon. Right. And it was like, that's ah, kind of hard to, you know, how many people would actually be interested in that concept? But I still really like that idea. You know and, what? I and, say film it anyway. Yeah, I know, right? Here's the beers uh, that I can get locally under $3 that are the best beers that I can get. The best beers you, you can get. And then within that, rank the best. And, yeah. you know. Because, I mean, uh, Founders be... isn't a local beer. I mean, you can get no, all-day IPA not... anywhere. You, yes. And I I do think, though, that, okay, but for the same price, again, kind of something we've always talked about, ABV versus quality. Yep. Founders all-day IPA is, I think, 20 four, cents more. Four, six. Yeah. Yeah, it's like four, six. So it's, and it comes in at, like, 280 a can to where Cryostash comes in at 250. And it's eight, six. Yep. Now, but technically, I do think probably craft-wise and care and love is probably better than the founders. But it the the craft stash is good enough to stand in. It's like 
I only need one of these for the whole day. Yeah. And I'm good to go. Yeah. No, I, I grab that can because I'll open it with lunch and I'll be drinking it until 2.30. And yeah. it's just it's a, a it's, good beer to just sit there and... It's a good hour and a half sipper. Like, yeah. I can have this for an hour and I'm like, sip, put it down, you know. you The best part, too, when I have that one is I'll... Because I'll, I only put it in like a 16-ounce glass or something. Yeah. And it, it's... I only pour two thirds. Yeah. And then I put the rest in the fridge and then I go and I drink it, you know, slowly. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm almost done. Pour the rest hey, in. Hey, look, I got Just 12 it's... ounces still. I got 12 ounces <laughs> right? left. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, we do have a super chat and this is a, what appears to be a very important question. Uh, Zachary, $25 donation. Thank you, Zachary. Much appreciated. Whoa. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Favorite Nikolic cage flick. The answer Ooh. is important. Okay, I I do have my absolute my my absolute favorite Nicolas Cage movie. Okay. Do you know one? Uh, I have a lot. I have, I have a lot. I but there's one. I will say I'm not saying like he's the greatest actor. I, but I have one, I have my absolute favorite. This is the one I love. I would watch okay. multiple times. I, I, I have mine selected. My answer is is uh, final answer. Okay. Mine's locked. Mine's locked. Mine is locked. Okay, John. I have. 87's Raising Arizona. Oh, that's a good one. So that is that is all around. I love the soundtrack. I have fond memories of it. And I think the story is hilarious. Yeah. And I think he does an, a phenomenal acting job. This is during the whole early eras of Nicolas Cage where he was a... I'm not saying he's a bad actor, but he was a really good actor early yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go out of left field on this one. Um, Pig. I know. I know. I'm... Uh, I feel like this is a left field choice. Okay. Face off. A good one. A good one. I I think he did a phenomenal, crazy character. And, and I th- the reason I think Face Off is one of his best movies is because of the the dynamic between him and John Travolta playing their own cemented, well developed characters, and then trying to mirror the other. Play, the other actors' mannerisms, so so good. I so I good. Will, oh yeah, I agree that that is because I think it was like The Rock, Face Off, and uh, Con Air. Con Air. Con All Air right, is a good right. one. Yeah, and and Con Air went through was, my mind first, and that that's that probably like a one A or a one B for the, me. The pinnacle, the the peak. Uh, uh, oh God! There's you know, there's Nick, so much good good in Con Air. Cage, there's and uh, then, Steve Buscemi as the crazy guy as basically yeah, Hannibal right? Lecter. And so, but uh, but I think but I think that was more of a supporting cast. Oh yeah, no. Steve, them, and I, I, and to be fair, Steve Buscemi was being typecast in that one. Oh, he was. He totally was. <laughs> but uh, and then John Malkovich. It was okay. Mm, mm. But no, I I agree that face off the method acting of switching roles and having to portray, you know, um, John Travolta's mannerisms and trying to con- get that. Um, the, was like I said, phenomenal. the dynamic of playing your own crazy character and then yeah. trying to portray John Travolta inside your skin. And and yeah. John Travolta this, did this amazingly as well, portraying a crazy Nicolas Cage. But yeah. those are both... Su- I mean, that movie is such a, a good example of this outside the box method acting kind of thing. I love that movie. I, I I love 
the work that went into that movie and i i think Wasn't that john woo john woo wasn't it wasn't directed by john woo might have been might have been i, I think i think it was one of his let me see face off it was john woo 1997 john woo yep john woo yep so I remember the action because, you know, a lot of people uh, basically threw it off as an action movie, you know, over the top. Yeah. I was like, no, there's there's some really good um, typical crazy Nicolas Cage stuff. But yeah. he kind of let him go like at the very intro where he's the priest and then just like doing the head banging thing. So and <laughs> it was like weird, but you're like. I believe he's a psychopath. I right. just believe this guy. Right. You know, and it was just, yeah, it's great. It's good acting. So, yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm looking at John or at uh, Nicholas Cage films right now. Um, Time to Kill. That was a good one. That's a late 80s one. Yeah. Uh, the Rock, Con Air, Face Off. Those were back to back to back. That was three movies in a row. Yeah. No, uh, that, that's why I say it. Like, that, wait, wait, wait. That list, that list goes on. City of Angels. That's a great one. Snake Eyes. Yeah, it's, a, it's a drama, but it was a great, great City drama. of Angels, that's a dark horse. That really yeah. is a dark horse with, uh, was that Meg Ryan? Meg Ryan, was that yeah. Opposite? Yeah. Um, and the Google Dolls is the soundtrack. Yeah. So listen, listen to this list, okay? Uh, so... Oh, no, you even before that, look before that, leaving Las I, Vegas. I'm, I'm going down, I'm going down. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Trapped in Paradise, okay. Uh, so we've got Kiss of Death, Leaving Las Vegas, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, City of Angels, Snake Eye, 8mm, Bringing Out the Dead, and eh, Gone in 60 Seconds, Family Man. Yeah. That's a chronological list of movies that he did in four years. And in in one of those, he won an Oscar. Right, right. But just those three: <laughs> The Rock, Con Air, Face Off. Those all launched in '97. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Family Man is also, I think, an underappreciated movie. I really, I really enjoy Family Man too. It's kind of a, a darker. I didn't movie, see the second but, one. Uh... I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed the Family Man too. And then he went out, although, so there's interesting thing, you know, then, then he went off the deep end and, and had some debts and did some off weird ones. But uh, recently you know there- Kick-Ass. There was Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass uh, is uh, Again, he plays so a great crazy guy. He, he did, the, his most recent one is called Pig. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you didn't know it, uh, it's gotten actually high praise, high praise in his acting. And it's all based in Portland, Oregon. He is an ex sous chef and uh, retires and kind of goes into exclusion into like the Tillamook forest area. And then someone kills his or kidnaps his trophy winning truffle pig. Now they're saying the story is so so, but they're saying that the acting, the method acting that he does and how he portrays his character is oscar worthy like it is just phenomenal and uh i think steve and i even talked about this before like it sounds stupid but it, it kind of the premise is almost john wick with a with a pig 
you yeah. know, like, oh, they killed my dog or they killed my pig or, you know, they took my pig. And and, and the trailer makes it look like he's going to go John Wick on everyone. Yeah. And from the reviews I've read, it's actually, no, it's more of a, a mourning and loss. Yeah. And he does a phenomenal job. And so it, interesting thing there's, but then the one before that was Willie's Wonderland. And I heard horrible reviews. on that. Yeah. I, uh, so yeah. All right. And then, I and hope- then well, we should have gone with actually though. Uh, what was the biker one? Oh, uh, ghost rider. Ghost rider. Those are phenomenal. Yeah. I want to get that sarcastic meter going again. <laughs> But nothing sarcastic about Star Wars. Oh, I, I forgot about this one. The Sorcerer's Apprentice. Okay. <laughs> um, guilty Pleasure kind of liked it. Kind of liked it? Kind of liked it. Yeah, that was a hard one it. to sit through. I kind of liked it. was a hard it. one to sit through. You know, I kind of, I think it was the, I forget what the supporting actor's name was, but I liked him. Yeah. And, and, and he was kind of funny. And yeah, it was at the, the the tail end of cages movies and uh i think it was a a video i took my wife to a movie and she didn't like a lot of she doesn't like violent movies and so she liked it so like okay i like nicholas cage and yeah i could kind of get behind it but yeah everything was disney kooky yeah you know um i think we even owned it on like dvd for a while and then i sold it to a pawn shop yep I like bought it for twenty bucks and sold it for two dollars. Yeah. Uh, let's see. But we do have one more game story. But you know what? We haven't even mentioned the line that he's probably most well known for. I'm gonna steal the, the Declaration of Independence. Oh, I thought it was gonna be the Wicker Man where it's like the bees. The bees oh, yeah. <laughs> uh no, we we didn't even mention national treasure. Okay, that's another good Disney. Mo- I love the first one. I honestly do like the. I like the first one. I, I thought the first. I like. I, I thought the first one was a very fun, clever. Yeah. This is great. I thought the second one was a little far fetched. It was reaching, but, okay. but it was reaching. You, you say far fetched in like the first one made sense. Yeah. Like, well, come on. The first one, okay. It was a little bit more believable of like, okay, there's a secret. And then and then the second one was like, no, no, these these masons somehow made this perfect replica of a rock that's lasted thousands, hundreds of years, and these staircases that's been, you know, going on, and there's another buried treasure. It's like, okay, that that one's kind of hard. But I could believe a code possibly written on the back of the Declaration of Independence. From you know invisible ink. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. It was it was fun. You know the second one was a little far fetched. The third one, which they were trying to plan for years, yeah. I would I would still watch a third one. I would still I, watch a third one. I, I feel like I have to. Yeah. I feel like it's invested. an obligation. Yeah. It's, um, it's like watching another Star Wars movie. Right. You're just I gotta watch. I it. have to watch it even though I haven't liked any of the main ones since Jedi. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I'll, I'm, I'm not going to go to the theaters, but no, I'll, I'll stream no. it. Rogue One and Solo, I'm fully on board. I loved those movies. Uh, oh, I did not like Solo. You didn't like Solo? I loved Solo. I thought it was great. I watched... Was it as good uh, as Rogue One? I don't think so. No. Um, Rogue One was okay. It's not... I thought it was the best of all of the prequels. 
anything prequel and new Star Wars, Rogue One is the best. Yeah. I I even feel like Rogue One belongs with the original trilogy. Um, As to tell the story? To, to tell the story. I mean, it happens literally moments before uh, A New Hope. New Hope. Yeah. yeah. It, I mean, you see the cruiser taking off. Uh, yeah. And so it's like, you fade from one credit into the other. Like, it belongs in the in the old trilogy. But I don't just say it belongs in the old trilogy chronologically. I think it belongs to stand up with the old trilogy. And I liked it better than New Hope. I liked it just as well as as I did Empire Strikes Back and Jedi. Uh, no. It, no it, I, I really did. No. I, I, no, thought, well, yeah. I thought it was that caliber. And I yeah. thought Solo, while not as good, was still a fantastic story. I was I was highly disappointed in Solo. I don't think the guy who played Solo, I just I just didn't believe it was Han. That was the problem. I I, I guess if it was a different character, yeah, but I would, but, I could, but you I have believe I didn't quite believe he was Han. With holy crap, how did they get Lando to look that young? He played a great Lando. Donald Glover, my God. Donald Glover played a great Lando. I think they're even doing like a series. Uh, they're uh, doing a solo series in which Donald Glover and Han Solo will be back doing TV shows. Also, I can't wait for the Obi-Wan show with uh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen. Yeah. Uh, That's going to be great. Yeah. I so hope. That'll be interesting. I and he, Yeah. This, um, Without George Lucas writing the the uh, the narrative. I. The one thing I will say though, it was like someone did a, someone, so the, the thing with Rogue One and even the um, Mandalorian, they started reintroducing old characters via CGI. Yeah. Um, and uh, it doesn't hit, right? And then someone, there's plenty of people, but there's some pretty big YouTube videos of deep fakes. Yeah. It makes me sit there and wonder, how much could it easily cost someone to hire a unknown actor and then pay Harrison Ford for just his likeness, which they probably already own of the younger versions via Star Wars and deep fake that character's face on because the deep fake YouTube video mm -hmm. was so much better on Solo so, than it was. So two different YouTubers uh, embarked on doing a better, spoiler alert, uh, Luke Skywalker for Mandalorian season two. The Mandalorian, yeah. Um, one of them was hired by Disney. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, so uh, Corridor Crew did one. Corridor. Can can we do a better deep fake than yeah. Disney did for Luke Skywalker? And they completely reshot a stand-in actor who looked the most like Luke, and then deep faked him with what they what they explained were mistakes made by Disney in the CG, the, CGI. the AI, and the lighting, uh, yeah. where his face didn't fit the scene. There was shimmering. There was there were telltale signs of, of this being a deep fake, and it just didn't look like Mark Hamill. And uh, they redid it and, and put it to video and did a much better job. There was another YouTuber, and forgive me, I'm forgetting this one's name, uh, but he did it as a solo project, yeah. Just using the original Disney footage and deep faked a young Mark Hamill onto him, he ended up getting hired by Disney. Yes. Yeah. As, as a hired. visual artist. 
Yeah, so he he also did the uh, solo one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he got hired as a visual artist. Yeah, that makes me because he did uh, uh, the uh, the Leia one mm-hmm. for Rogue One. He did um, the Han Solo and the Mandalorian. After the Mandalorian, they hired him. Yeah, as a, I think he actually is now contracted for the Mandalorian yeah. as a graphic artist. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, I forget his name, but his work is amazing. If you're ever looking for some of the best deep fake work, just Google the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, Mandalorian about. deep fake, you'll see it. Mandalorian deep fake or, or, or Princess Leia deep fake. Yeah. It's going to be the number one. Yeah. Guaranteed. The, I, I said this. I, I think we'll close with this. So, so number okay. one, Knights of the Old Republic getting a remake. Not a, not a remaster, not a re-release, a remake. Ground up, they are remaking Knights of the Old Republic. I'm excited. It's a fun game. It's a phenomenal game. It's one of the best Star Wars games ever. It needs a remaster at this point. Um, it, it certainly doesn't have modern control schemes or resolution support or anything that we're kind of used to creature comfort-wise as far as modern games go. Uh but one of the best overall Star Wars games from a renaissance of Star Wars gaming on the PC. Um, So I can't wait for the KOTOR remake. Um, But I think we'll leave with this. Um, And that is, I said at the time that Rogue One came out that while they did a pretty decent job of Governor Tarkin, or uh, General Tarkin, Grand Moff Tarkin. There we go. Yeah. I knew I'd get the title eventually. Governor Tarkin. No, Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, while they did a pretty decent job, and I'm being a little generous with decent because I still knew that every was... single frame was 100% CGI. It looked like a video game. It looked like a high-end video it game. Looked, it looked... Now, to be fair, it looked way better than the animations we get in video games, uh, the clothing kind of flowed naturally, the lighting was correct. Um, it was it all- It still had too much of that shimmery glow though. It had a little that, too that... much glossiness. It had yeah. a little too much. Um, there's a rigidity in CGI that you can't get rid of. Uh, the human body is never stationary. It, it's never A to B. You know, there there are so many variances and accelerations in every single part of, of the body and the face and facial expressions that it's immediately obvious if something is CGI. And I thought they did an absolutely terrible job with Leia. Oh, yeah. Um, Where, yeah, it kind of looked like Leia if I kind of squinted a little bit. If it was like but 720p that was, resolution. But that was definitely, you know... no, you'd have to go lower than that. You, yeah, you'd if, have to start was, interlacing if it, crap. If, uh, it was, if it was Cam, you know, Cam, it was like, oh, right. Uh, it wasn't a good CGI. And there's the uncanny valley of uh, using characters or, or trying to create things that your brain will accept. And one thing the brain really doesn't accept well is... Let's go back to Mario. Let's go back to Mario inside of Minecraft is physics that are incorrect. Your brain 
automatically knows how gravity works. And so when you watch a superhero movie and the villain jumps off of a building and he falls faster than he should, your brain knows. And you go, that looks fake. Yeah. Regardless of how good the graphics are and, and how good and detailed the reflections in his armor and, and little ripples and... If yeah, he jumps off a building, unless he's hurling himself downward, right? If he jumps off he a building is, and falls, gravity. you know you how so fast, fast gravity works, and your yeah. brain will tell you that's fake. When yeah. I look at the Princess Leia CGI at the end of Rogue One, my brain immediately went, "That's not Carrie Fisher. That's fake." Yeah. And it's a hard thing to get by. Now with deep fakes with a stand-in actor, with real body motion, with real body movement, and simply laying over things, tracked on a human face, you can get really, really darn close to the point of approaching the Uncanny Valley of, I don't know if that's real or not. Yeah, And that's kind of my point. Um, well, and that's also like with the whole de-aging graphics that are out now, you know, there was the Quentin Tarantino. Some of them are fantastic. Some of them are, but when they take it too far, it's like way obvious. Yeah. And it's almost like you should have. And, and this is the problem is people are so Hollywood is has yet to embrace the deep fake software. Yeah. Uh, and I think it will catch on. And I think that is going to make actors de-aging and aging and, uh, it's viewable. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. It still has yet to catch on for yet. I agree. Um, so, so that's my thoughts on end of, bah, 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 uh, on, on deep fake versus CGI as yeah. it pertains to movies is your brain will tell you if it's not real enough and you just yeah. need to trust it because you can look at Marvel movies and when Iron Man jumps out of a building and he falls too fast. Even though he does the superhero landing and, and the reflection on his armor is just perfect, I go, man, that's entirely CG. And I don't like yeah. it. When I watched The Matrix Revolutions uh, in theaters for the first time and you had the million Fight Agent scene. Smith yeah. scene, that was some of the worst CGI I had ever seen in my life. Even though it was critically acclaimed as like, that's amazing. It's like, no, it looked god awful. It was horrible. It looked awful in theaters in 1999. Yeah. It was, was that like bad. Yeah. I, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. And it's because everything in that scene, my brain said, that's not real. That's not the way a human moves. That's not the way gravity works. That's not the way rain works. That's not the way his coat would flow around him. Everything about the physics in that scene, sped up or slowed down, were just inherently wrong. And it was 1999. It was early CGI. But it was 100% CGI. And you knew. Yeah. No, I, yeah. So... I, I am looking forward to the deepfake software. I, uh, unfortunately, the the really creepy part about it is, is theoretically you can start. It's so good you can theoretically start playing, putting faces where they actually don't belong. But for Hollywood, like resurrecting old actors and actresses and putting them in roles, it is such a possibility. And having them classically done just for cameos. Or even now, I think right now we're at the point of cameo bay bait. Yeah. 
But soon, soon, I think it could be like I was saying, you just have a method actor to kind of portray as really good, but maybe it looks nothing like the guy. Right. And then they put a deep fake of an old, you know, because there's plenty of archive of someone's film and you can put them over it. I think they even did it with like, a, a, uh, not Speedway, what was the Harrison Ford movie? Um, the, where he's the detective. Um, Reliance? Never mind. No. Never mind. But uh, uh, they didn't. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Oh, Blade Runner. Okay. I was going to say Speed Runner, but Blade Runner because he came up with the new one. Yeah. And uh, But they did some, again, with Corridor Crew, uh, they did The Girl. That was a great CGI. Yeah. If anyone ever watched yeah. that, that whole example of the girl from the original one, his love interest mm-hmm. is 100% CGI. Yeah. And she looks real. Yeah. And I know they spent thousands upon thousands of dollars to recreate that just CGI, but she looks fantastic. Yeah. But probably could have been done for a lot cheaper with just some deepfake. So anyway, uh, John, you missed a beer beer story. Believe it or not, I missed a. I did. You missed a beer story. What did uh, I miss? So Alan sends over five Australian dollars. Uh, I think those spend like normal dollars, even though I don't know the dollar redo conversion right now. Uh, not going to cover the inspiration for beer hops in space and supporting kids with cancer. What? Right? Uh, so I pulled it up. Now, this is from a couple of weeks ago. Um, but apparently SpaceX, uh, they introduced their their first four private astronaut crew the first fully civilian crew to man a spacecraft uh, will be uh, will be going up. In their cargo hold is a set of hops that will be auctioned off for charity. Jeff, what? we were talking about this story two weeks ago. Did we? Yes. I didn't miss it. Okay. <laughs> I did not miss it. <laughs> when did I miss it? Uh, no, we, you even talked about, I think you were on with Steve. I had to, it wasn't a show with me, Okay, but I, but I found this one. Yes. No, we, we, we did talk about it. Yeah. They're, they auctioned off. It's a private, uh, I think it was, so it wouldn't been three, it would have been three weeks ago. Okay. Which lines up with the story. Gotcha. But we did talk about it. Uh, but it is a very, very cool story It is a private, the, the very first private SpaceX. Um, and he's taking up, I believe it's like 70 pounds of hops. Aha, uh-huh, we gonna did talk. Auction- okay. We're going to be auctioning it off. Uh, Same website. Off- yeah. Yeah. So uh, I need to great, go back and rewatch that episode. Great, great uh, charity. Great, great program that's going to be happening there. I would love to find out which brewery is going to be getting this beer. And then would love to try it. I do have, because this is technically, technically the first hops been truly into space most of the other ones that we've ever talked about are basically they just break the atmosphere because ninkasi does their whole spacex ones yeah but what that is is it's put up in a balloon and just barely breaks the atmosphere and then pops and comes back down right so this is going to be truly in space uh there has been grain that's been then taken up the space i believe this is the first pops uh, uh, Jeremy says, uh, Jeff must have had some high ABV beers that night. Uh, I did. I slammed an entire, uh, bomber of barley wine. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that show yeah. now. <laughs> I had the mother of all storms 2020. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense why I don't remember speaking about it. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of space grains, uh, I do have some vodka that has been to space in the 10 forward vodka uh, oh, yeah. from the Star Trek wines collection. Um, vodka spirits collection. Yeah. Well, it's the Star Trek wines is the website and then they have a whole oh. line of spirits. It's from the same. It, it's a it's a company that does cinematic inspired. Did you get beverages. your uh, Did you get your new? Wine I dip? have not received my canar yet. So, interesting thing, Jeff. Yeah. Uh, um, if you want, if you want, uh, I ordered mine, and this came out roughly around the same time as my anniversary with my wife, and my wife knows how big of a fan I am, and I did not tell her I bought some. Um, and she surprised me by saying she bought me some, the exact same pack. So I have duplicates. I bought two bottles of the Canar. So I have, I have two Canar and two Andorian ales. Yes. Yes. So I have duplicates. To um, open. yes. Picard season two. <laughs> I, I, I think February is a lock. Yes. Yes. So. We might do that. <laughs> Make it so. <laughs> and on that note, I think that's a great note to end. That's exactly right. Uh, thank you all so much for watching episode 201 of Talking Heads. That feels really weird to say. Maybe that's what screwed me up in the intro of this video. If you like this episode, make sure to hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Follow me on Twitter at Craft Computing. And if you like the beer content on this show, and who doesn't, make sure to check out Hops and Brews over on Twitter or YouTube, who does a lot of that same content and a fantastic job of it, I might add. Thanks, sir. Make sure to look us up on Patreon or Floatplane to get exclusive access to our Discord server where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads and take part in the awesome and ever-growing community that hangs out over there. Make sure to check out craftcomputing.store. Get yourself a pretty spiffy little pint glass. Ugh. And drink like the pros. Drink like the pros. Uh, as well as, you know, t-shirts, stickers, bottle openers, all the usual fare that uh, people like to merch. And uh, pretty soon we will be coming out with some more uh, and honestly some pretty fun t-shirts. So make sure to stay tuned to craftcomputing.store. Catch us every Wednesday night here at 8 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube for the latest in beer and tech news. And as always, we will see you next Wednesday. Cheers, yeah. everyone. <laughs>